who are the top 10 prospects for the 2023 fantasy baseball season. We'll discuss that and more on today's action-packed episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we're your number one source of fantasy baseball knowledge. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. I'm your host, Dominic Martino, here with my co-host, Matthew Anay, and also here with our special guest, Lindsey Crosby. You can find us on all social media platforms and podcasting apps. Just search for Lockdown Fantasy Baseball and we'll be there. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and comment, especially on YouTube. We love talking fantasy baseball with you. On today's episode, we're talking about the top 10 prospects for this upcoming fantasy baseball season. But before we do that, we want to give our special guest here, Lindsey Crosby, the host of Locked On Prospects, a second to introduce himself to everybody. And uh, Lindsey, if you want to say a couple things about yourself, your podcast, uh, feel free, brother. Absolutely. We are five days a week. Locked On MLB Prospects is your source for all things minor league baseball, whether it's prospects getting called up for the fantasy season, whether it's minor league unionization, anything you can think of. That's what we're here to do five days a week. Follow me on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Shows on Twitter at Locked On Farm. And obviously, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Uh, awesome, brother. And uh, once again, thank you for being here. It's truly appreciated. So um, let's get started, guys. You know, we have a fun, action-packed episode here today. We're going to lead off with our um, top three consensus pro- prospects uh, for the 2023 fantasy baseball season. That is mine and Matt's. Lindsey has his own list, and he's going to chime in with his expert knowledge on all prospects here. But first, we got to start off with the number one prospect here, Matt and I's consensus, and that is Gunnar Henderson, uh, shortstop slash third baseman for the Baltimore Orioles. Matt, you want to take the lead here with Gunnar? Yeah, why not? You know, Gunnar is just everybody's top of the board pick, and I, I truly love the guy. It's funny enough, he's not my first. Corbin Carroll is. Gunnar's my two. But that's just because I like a five-tool guy, and that's pretty much essentially what Corbin Carroll is. But Gunnar's absolutely amazing. The kid's got power out the wazoo. And here, here we go here. So in, um, in 2022 in the minors between AAA and AA, he had 500, 503 at bat, uh, 407 at bats, I'm sorry, 101 at, uh, runs. 24 doubles, seven triples, 19 home runs, 76 ribbies, and, oh, 22 stolen bases. So maybe I could put my foot in my mouth there. <laughs> and um, he batted a 297. <laughs> I always forget about the stolen bases for that guy. He is incredible. And for the Baltimore Orioles, you know, they're, they're a franchise that's turning around and I think is going to be absolutely incredible in the next couple of uh, years because that young talent is just outrageous. You know, we're going to talk about another one in a little bit. And they just they got a list about, like, that long. And it's just going to be absolutely outrageous what they're going to be able to do. I'm really scared for them Yankees. From a sheer prospect perspective, like I've got Gunnar Henderson number one as well. And obviously when you look at like the prospect rankings, I'm counting defense and things like that, which don't matter for fantasy baseball, but Gunnar Henderson, 70 grade arm. The defense is plus. He can at least be above average at short, probably a lead at third base. And I think he's going to be able to play enough where he'll have eligibility at both positions all season. So it gives you a little 
flexibility on your roster. But uh, Gunnar Henderson absolutely has the skill set to play every single day. I've got him number one. Last year, average exit below 92.4, which is right up there with Austin Riley as far as average exit below. Hard hit rate over 50%. He's got everything you could want. And if you're drafting um, this year and you're looking for like a like a, a shortstop third base guy, Gunnar Henderson's got to be your guy. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with uh, both of you, uh, Lindsay and Matt. I personally have Gunnar Henderson as my number one uh, prospect for the fantasy baseball season that is up and coming. I'm just going to read off what he did last year in his little stint in the majors. 34 games for Gunnar, uh, 12 runs, 7 doubles, 4 bombs, 18 RBIs, chipped in a steal, and he had 259. As we've seen over the last few years, um, it's very tough to come up as a prospect and adjust to big league pitching. It's a very big difference between AAA and the majors, and Gunner uh, sh- showed out last year in the majors. Uh, as Lindsay mentioned, he has that great arm, but uh, also he's a 65 uh, power grade, which is you know uh, above average. And um, I just think that Gunner is definitely a safe, solid target if you're looking for uh, you know a nice third baseman or shortstop, especially since third base is a little bit thin this year. But let's move into our next guy here. And Matt, I know this is your number one, and uh, I know a lot of other people might have him number one as well. And that's Corbin Carroll of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Matt, you want to take it away? Yeah, sure. I like going first tonight. This is nice. <laughs> it, it's because you have company. He's being nice because you have company on the show. I know. We got we to gotta be polite in front of company. You know, what happens of behind course, closed doors course. is a whole other family matter. Uh, <laughs> but, well, Matt uh, and I have known each other for about 20 plus years. In case you're new here, you know, we got uh, that brotherly love and we love to poke fun at each other. But I'm being very courteous tonight. Yeah. All right. So let's roll in. Corbin Carroll, my number one. I truly love the guy. I think he's going to be great. My only knock against him is the fact that he's on the Diamondbacks. They do have a couple of names there, but they're just not a fully, like, how do I put this? Counting stat-driven team. So, like, essentially there's not going to be too many ribbies or guys to drive drive him in. Maybe McCarthy takes a step forward and a couple other names can help drive that forward. But I just don't see, like, a like something like Gunner's going to have where he's going to be able to take that step forward. But in terms of talent, I think Carroll's just going to be absolutely elite. So let me read off what he did in my, in the minors last year between double A, triple A, and rookie. So he had 362 at bats, 89 runs, 22 doubles, eight tri- uh, eight uh, triples. He had 24 home runs, 62 ribbies, 31 stolen bases, and batted 307. I mean, shoot, even his OBP is a 425. Kid's electric here. I really do like him. I think he's going to have a really nice fantasy impact, and you're going to be able to get him at a reasonable price. And for dynasty dynasty drafts, I'm picking him number one right now, at least. And we'll see how, how they play out there in spring. But as of right now, he's my number one rookie dynasty pick. I love what the Diamondbacks did with both, like, with him and then what the what the uh, Orioles did with, with Gunnar Henderson. And they got some time up at the bigs, but not enough to lose rookie eligibility. And for me, it's something where he was able to see what what – are the issues with his game. He struggled a little bit with chase and swing and miss, especially against lefties. That's been a point of emphasis over the season and instructs and things like that, trying to get that fixed. And so I feel good about like, I've got him as probably your national league rookie of the year winner. And, and just coming out, you know, speed is game breaking speed. He's probably one of the fastest players in minor in major league baseball. The day he debuts, uh, the only thing that's below average with Corbin Carroll is the arm, which fantasy baseball doesn't really matter. So you're fine. 
Yeah, so um, with, with Corbin Carroll, Lindsay, I will challenge you. Uh, if if somebody we have coming up in our you know our next segment uh, gets the nod from opening day, he might challenge Corbin Carroll. But we'll we'll get to him when we get there. But yeah, uh, yeah uh, the the run grade is an eighty, guys. If you're not familiar with um, you know the way they grade prospects, it's a twenty to eighty grade. Fifty is about average. Anything above that is above average. And he's got the highest possible grade as a run. And I believe he was since he when he uh since he debuted in the MLB last year, he was in the top ninety ninth percentile in uh, sprint speed. They're making the bases bigger this yeah. year. So gun, I mean, uh, Corbin Carroll's gonna run crazy, guys. I could see a. Uh, Maybe like a, a 20 bombish, maybe a little bit lower, but uh, definitely 30 plus deals. You know, Bobby Witt did it last year, and Corbin Carroll is, I think he just goes up there and uh, lights out the uh, lights up the league. I currently have Corbin Carroll as my 27th overall outfielder for this year, and that's including everybody, you know, uh, all the guys that are already up there. And uh, I just think if you can get him as your number two, three outfielder in fantasy this year, it, it will definitely pay off. But let's move on to our uh, first starting pitcher of the bunch, and that is Mr. Grayson Rodriguez. And once again, Matt, my brother, you want to take the lead here? Uh, why don't you go first? I'll be polite today. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So um, let, let me uh, dig in here with Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, I personally, I picked him up in a, a lot of my leagues last year. I definitely wanted to stash him. He was the number one uh, overall pitcher, you know, a pitching prospect last year. I think Andrew Painter surpassed him on the, the current list, the 2023 list. Yeah. He's just a stud. His fastball is pretty solid. He may not throw as hard of a fastball as uh, you know some of the other guys we're going to talk about later. Uh, the changeup is very, very good though. Above average changeup, seventy grade. The slider is sixty grade. Uh, he's a six foot five big dude. Uh, I, he he was dealing with an injury last year. Maybe uh, maybe Lindsay knows what the injury was. I I currently don't remember what it was off the top of my head. But um, last year, let me give you what he did in um, the minors. He had six wins, two losses, a 2.62 ERA, 17 starts, 75 innings pitched, 109 Ks, and a clean 0.99 WHIP. I think if he gets the nod from opening day as a, you know, as a, in that rotation for the Orioles, you you could take him as like a top 60, top 50 starting pitcher. I don't, I don't currently have him ranked. I want to see um, if he gets that nod, and then I'll make my assessment from there. Yeah. I- Pitching's always a bigger adjustment to the bigs, I feel like, simply because it's a little bit easier to scout as far as this is what this guy throws. And we can go out and replicate that with an advanced pitching machine, things like that. Uh, the injury he had last year, he had a lat injury. And so there you go. something where you know it's in the torso, affects the biomechanical chain, all the stuff you're trying to do to actually deliver a pitch. When he's on, he's got two elite pitches. He's got two more plus pitches. He added a cutter last year, like just in the season, decided to start throwing a cutter, and it already looks like it's it's above average, and it really kind of helped uh, fa- solve the issues he had against lefties. So he looks like like a guy. There starts for him in Baltimore every fifth day. Uh, it's it's something where he's going to be eased into it. The balance schedule is going to help. He doesn't have so many games against the Yankees and the Blue Jays and the Rays. He also doesn't get as many games against the Red Sox. So... I like him as one of the two best uh, rookie pitchers this year. Where do you have him ranked? Who's higher, Painter or him? I have Painter at number four. I have Grayson Rodriguez at number six. And I think part of that for me is just I'm infatuated with Andrew Painter. <laughs> hey, man. Painter is going to be great. I can't wait to talk Fair about enough. him either. But um, I think you guys covered him pretty well. I don't think I need to give anything on that front. But 
So next up, we're going to talk about uh, prospects four through seven on our list for fantasy baseball season. But before we move on, we have a great sponsor we want to talk about. Here at Lockdown, we're super excited about our new sports betting partner, FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here now, and it's perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to points scored and three points drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout in the same game parlay. So don't miss out on your chance for a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you're uh, when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on, that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. I mean, I, there we go, guys. Uh, to make every moment more. Uh, come FanDuel. on, you have it. I know I had it. Official sports betting partner of the NBA. For some reason, you have learn on here. <laughs> and that messed me up. <laughs> so well, there you go, Matt. That, that, was your, that was your cleanest one yet. I'm proud of you, brother. Thank you. But we're going to talk about Mr. Jordan Walker here. And I, I, I see Lindsey drooling, so I'm gonna let I him take Jordan. this. I love Jordan Walker. Jordan Walker is 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 he's my breakout for National League Rookie of the Year. So 6'5, 220, uh 2020 first rounder out of high school. And he was a third baseman until Nor- Nolan Arenado opted into the re- remainder of his contract. They moved him to the outfield, so he's playing right field, and he looked so good in the in the corner that he actually got some some games at center field in the Arizona Fall League. So you combine a guy that is not going to have, for fantasy purposes, is not going to have to leave the field in a close game because of defense, like Nolan Gorman did, to go along with ridiculous power. So 45% of his balls in play last year, 95 miles an hour or harder, his his max exit below 114.6, 99th percentile among players 21 and younger. Man, there, there are very few players in baseball that are going to have as big of an impact as Jordan Walker when he debuts. And I am very, very excited. Again, he can play anywhere in the outfield. The arm is plus. Uh, the speed's even above average for a big guy. But again, the power is definitely the carrying tool. 70-grade power, elite power. Yeah, that team is going to be great when he comes up, too. I mean, he has all the opportunity in the world. It's just a matter of when. Um, let me see when I have him projected to actually come up. Jordan Walker here. When in doubt, assume it's just after the Super 2 deadline. That's right. The best, that, that's yeah. the best way to do it. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, you know, I grade him to come out for 2024, but I think he's just, you know, with the comp to Ronald Acuna that I think he's just going to come up <laughs> right after Super 2, like you said. But I wanted to read off what he did last year. So he had 461 at-bats, 100 runs, 31 doubles. That's just outrageous. Three triples, 19 home runs, 68 ribbies, 22 stolen bases, and batted 306. So, like Lindsay said, the guy could hit for average and do everything you want him to do. This guy could be a five-tool guy, and if they're comping him to Ronald Acuna, he's going to be a steal this year in drafts. Or just, you know, somebody that you when you when, after you draft, you go right to the waiver wire and you star them for, for your, um, what do we call that now? It's been a bit. <laughs> You're watch with, list. Watch list, watch thank list. you. Brain farts. That's what's having a one-year-old's like. Um, so essentially, you want to put them right on that watch list. Look out for, you know, right for that, right before that super two. Scoop them up, hold them through that, and see if he gets called up. And then, hey, you just picked up an all-star for free ninety-nine. 
Yeah, I think you guys covered him pretty well. I'm just going to give my little two cents here. I, you know, Jordan Walker, 20 years old, 6'5", 220. He's already in his man body. If you're if you're looking for this year's Julio Rodriguez, I might point you in this direction of Jordan Walker. I just think the kid has, you know, all the tools to be an absolute standout, uh, even as a rookie. And the thing is, I personally think if he comes up and he's looking great in spring training, I don't see the reason that the Cardinals don't put him on the roster and try and gain that extra draft pick by having him there. And he has, you know, every chance of winning, uh, you know, National League Rookie of the Year. And besides that, I think, you know, he's pretty well covered here, guys. You know, once he comes up and, you know, we see what he's doing in spring training, I'm once again, I'll throw him into my rankings and Matt and I will let you know where we feel that you should draft him. But with that being said, let's move on to another Jordan, and that's Jordan Lawler of the Arizona Diamondbacks. And Matt, I know you're pretty high on him, so why don't you uh, take the lead here, brother? Sure. Yeah, I, I think I have Lauer as my number three prospect right now. I think that he's just really great. Another Arizona Diamondback. Some, you know, one of the names I said, hey, could could be one of the guys that can help out Corbin Carroll. I am a big fan of him. I think that he he has a lot to offer you. And here's what he did across, you know, man, he got called up a lot from rookie all the way to double A in, in a short period of time. So he had uh, 389 at bats, 98 runs, 18 doubles, seven triples, 16 home runs, 62 RBIs. 39 stolen bases, 39 stolen bases. That's a, that's one of the many reasons I love this guy. If you can't tell him, I love a guy that's stealing and have a little bit of power. And he batted a 303, so that nice batting average. So the guy gets on base. He's probably going to be right there with Carroll, so either one or two is going to be hitting each other in. And it's just going to be a nice little combo. And personally, I got a thing for five-tool guys, so you can't go wrong with Lauer. Hence why he's higher in my draft board. Yeah, he... Really good uh, walk rate, really good chase rate as far as, you know, keeping that, the, the chase rate down, the walk rate up. Struck out just about kind of average and stuff. The only thing that I think about that probably comes up more for me than you guys is defensively. He had about 29 errors and, you know, in 87 games last year, and a lot of those were throwing errors. I think it's something, I don't think that's going to hold him back. But if for some reason, when the, like the Diamondbacks start the season and they have him in the minors, that's going to be the excuse they give, right? They're going to say he has to work on his defense. He has to get a little bit better with his accuracy of his arm. Everything else, like the speed's plus, the arm is plus, the power's plus, the hit tool is plus. There's just a little bit of question about the accuracy with the arm, and that may be a limiting factor on his playtime early until they're confident he can do it. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm in sync with both of you guys here. The only thing with Lawler is where I have him a little bit lower in my, you know, rankings here is that, you know, he he excelled in rookie A and, uh, you know, high A last year. But when he came up to double A, he did, you know, finally meet a little bit of struggles. He hit 212 in double A. It was only 20 games, uh, 18 runs, four bombs and two steals there. Once again, it's not a huge sample size. But let's see, you know, where they, they start him in double A again this year. Let's see how he does before, you know, we're rushing out there and, you know, uh, uh, crowning Jordan Lawler, you know, the next uh, big Diamondbacks prospect, even though I, I do believe in him. It's just that I want to kind of see where he, you know, what he does in the minors this year. And that's the thing is f- for fantasy purposes, if he is, you know, middling as, he, you know, works his way up through, you know, double A, triple A, he might not get the call right away. And for fantasy purposes, 
um, you know, redraft leagues, especially, he's not somebody that I would want sitting on my bench waiting around when there's a lot of other, you know, great prospects like this next guy, next guy that I think it might just hit the ground running as well. So let's move on to Ellie De La Cruz. And, uh, and just another, I think the National League is just absolutely stacked <laughs> with um, up-and-coming prospects this year. Because uh, if you if you fellas don't mind, uh, maybe I'll grab the lead here on Ellie. Because uh, I'm actually a big Ellie De La Cruz fan. So uh, last year, through, um, you know, two levels, Ellie De La Cruz hit 304 across 120 games, 87 runs, 31 doubles, 9 triples, 28 home runs, 86 RBIs, and... 47 steals. I mean, the kid just absolutely showed out. This is another big fella. He's uh, 21 years old, Ellie De La Cruz. He's six foot five, 200 pounds, plus run, 70 grade run, 60 grade power, uh, you know, a 55 hit tool, which is, you know, above average. I just think, you know, if the Reds decide to give Ellie De La Cruz the job from, you know, opening day, if he wins it in uh, spring training, and they're like, he's definitely going to be up there. He's somebody I am definitely, definitely targeting in all of my fantasy drafts this year. Yeah, he he has probably the highest ceiling of anybody we've talked about, but there is more variance in Elliot La Cruz than a lot of other prospects. I just wrote a piece about him recently, and he struck out 31% of the time in 2022. He was in the bottom 15% of minor leaguers who had at least 300 plate appearances. Now, he hit over 300. And that's the thing with Ellie De La Cruz is he's incredibly aggressive at the plate. Kind of feels like it's warranted because it's worked so far. But there's going to be a, po- a point, we assume, where he's going to have to adjust the approach so that he doesn't strike out as much because he p- folks start to be able to beat him with, with uh, something in on his hands, velocity up in the zone. It hasn't happened yet all the way through double A Chattanooga. The question is, does it happen in AAA? Does it happen in the bigs? Because... It, I mean, he, he struck out 158 times last year, which is a lot for a guy that has 370 grade tools and has the biggest, highest ceiling on this entire lineup here. It's that, that's my big question for Lady La Cruz is one, where does he play? Because they like him at shortstop, third base, he can play center field, but also the strikeouts. When does MLB adjust to him and can he make the adjustments after they figure out the book on Lady La Cruz? Yeah, I mean, Ellie's somebody that that I see like he's probably that modern day hitter for at least fantasy purposes where they strike out a lot, but they still hit for average. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of guys do this these days. I think Aaron Judge is one of those candidates. Um, names Even are, Mike Trout. Mike Trout. Like, you know, guys just are striking and being a little bit more aggressive at the plate. Now, since he's a rookie, maybe this is one of those things that kind of play more on, hey, he might there might be an adjustment period once they figure him out. And then we got to see how he makes the adjustment to these guys. But, hey, he might hit the ground running. And then, you know, in a redraft league, I'd probably say, hey, let's trade him if he starts going on the dip because maybe it might take him some bit to figure it out. But in Dynasty and whatnot, I would definitely ride the ride. And, you know, he could be really good down a couple of years. All right. So, Matt, I, I think we're, we're here for your guy, the, the hometown for you, the hometown Philly. So, my brother, take the lead. This, this guy is all yours. Actually, I'm going to hand it off to, to Oh. Lindsay. Okay, uh, our guest here, Lindsay. Uh, let's let's hear some Andrew Painter talk. Okay, so I love Andrew Painter. I would probably take a bullet for Andrew Painter right now. <laughs> um, Andrew See why Painter, I gave it to him. Six seven two fifteen. He has the smoothest delivery of any six seven player I've ever seen. This fastball, 
averages 96 miles an hour, tops it at 101, absolutely a 70 grade. It's a vertical breaking fastball, so it drops a little bit. Fantastic command. He can put it absolutely anywhere. The slider is a 60 grade slider. He, um, It's a horizontal breaker, right? So he can move it more than a foot out of the zone if you're geared up for it. And if you're not ready for it, he can throw it at your body and then land it for a strike. The the curveball, 50-grade curveball. Changeup, 55-grade changeup. Swing and miss over 50%. Chase rate of 40% on the changeup. Uh, it's When I watched him last year, I watched him in low A, I watched him in high A, I watched him in double A, he got better at every single level. Uh, when he was in, in low A, it was a lot of fastball stuff, right? Uh, walk, walk rate of like 3.7 per nine. When he went to high A, he started mixing the slider in a lot more, cut the walk rate in half to 1.7. When he went to double A Redding, he mixed the changeup in a lot more, cut the walk rate in half again to 0.6 walks per nine. I genuinely at this point think Andrew Painter could do anything he wanted to on a baseball field. I would not be surprised. And so I do. I could not love Andrew Painter more than I do. Yeah, man. I mean, I completely understand. And everybody here is hyping in Philly because, I mean, for one, everybody must be glad that we're that Philly's getting another pitcher because they haven't been able to get one homegrown since Aaron Nola. Like, <laughs> they've had quite a few busts, and Andrew Painter is definitely going to be that guy. Let me read off his stats here because, I mean, like he could talk about how great his pitches are, but, you know, we got to see the numbers to reflect how great that is, right? So over 2022 across those three platforms, right? He had 103 innings pitched. He had 155 strikeouts. So that K per nine is absolutely fantastic. He had an ERA of one, five, six, which is just bananas. Yeah. <laughs> and that whip is a, a, a 0.88. Now this, this is going to be incredible. Now, I obviously, I don't think he's going to have a one five when he gets called up to the bigs. And I do think he's going to break camp or they're going to try and keep him for control for maybe two weeks. Let's see how that plays out. But I mean, the kid's 19. So here's the other factor. This will, if he does come up to the bigs, he only pitched what 103. Like I said, I don't foresee them allowing him to get higher than 135. That's you know? the big concern. Yeah. Right. So for yeah. fantasy purposes, you could look at like, if he does go past 135, they could be in that situation where Strider was at the end of the season going into the playoffs where he was hurt. So just, just kind of gassed and not as effective mm-hmm. as he normally would have been. Yeah. Right. All right. And he missed the last couple games of the season. I actually was supposed to go to a, it was at the game where he was supposed to pitch that he missed, missed against the Phillies. So I was really disappointed. So, <laughs> you know, with Painter, um, I just think that, you know, you'll probably see about two weeks before the all-star breaks, two weeks after the all-star break. So he'll get like a, like a five week stint of rest before they bring him back. And then maybe again at the end of September, so just be careful with, with Painter, but I think he's going to be absolutely great for the bulk that he's going to be up in the bigs. Yeah, Matt, you, you kind of took the comp I was going with. I think Andrew Painter could have a very Spencer Strider-esque uh, you know, season this year, especially if he's there from uh, opening day. And the thing is, you know, we all know what Strider did last year. It was 131 innings with 202 strikeouts and a sub-one whip. Uh, Andrew Painter has all the upside in the world to come out and do exactly the same thing, in my opinion. But I think we raved uh, about it. Actually, one last thing. I have Andrew Painter as my number four overall prospect. Matt and Lindsay, I don't know if you want to chime in real quick and just let us know, uh, everyone know where you guys have him as well real fast. Number four. There Uh, we go. We're in sync. We're in sync, Lindsay. Ten. Oh, Matt, that's going to move up. I know you. You're going to move that up. You're going to move that up, brother. I know. I'm um, talking so, with Lindsay. I'm going to have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, 
Next up here, we're going to be talking about our eight through 10 prospects for the upcoming fantasy baseball season. But before we do that, um, our ho- our co-host, our, our special guest, rather, sorry about that, uh, Lindsay, hosts uh, a very, very amazing uh, podcast. Once again, it's Locked on MLB Prospects. You guys need to go check them out. Lindsay, from what I've heard and, you know, uh, listening to your podcast, uh, I believe you are an encyclopedia of prospect knowledge and you've proven that and then some today in this episode and you know pleasure pleasure having you here and you are welcome any anytime but we just need need to make sure that the fans here definitely know about that (laughs) so um moving on here fellas we are going to talk about jackson churio uh the the 18 year old wonder wonderkin uh the kid's been uh moving up that prospect uh list at the speed of light and um Lindsay, maybe you want to take the lead here on Churio? Yeah, tons of helium for Jackson Churio. Uh, started off in low A Carolina. Absolutely nuts. 62 games, 324, 373, 600. 12 home runs, 40 extra base hits, 19 walks to 76 strikeouts. The comp that his Carolina manager gave, and the big thing about my show is I do not do comps because a lot of people hear that and automatically assume if the guy doesn't do that, he's a bust. But... The comp that his manager gave is Ronald Acuna Jr. If that kind of tells you the regard with which Jackson Churio is held. Uh, 70 grade power, 70 grade speed. Very good as far as like when it comes to hitting the strike zone judgments. Very good. He do, he's not susceptible to a ton of chase, things like that. Uh, he, he had some chase. Every 18-year-old does, but not out of the ordinary. I am a little concerned about when he went to high A Wisconsin, numbers dropped off a little bit, and then he got a brief cup of coffee with the Biloxi Shuckers, and it was not beautiful. Again, very small sample size, six games, but it's something where as long as he's healthy, you don't have any recurrence of the arm problems, I expect you could see him. It's a system full of outfielders, so that's the question is where do you find the room for him? But when he comes up, they are very high on him. I don't expect him to go back down. It's just a question of when do you get him because there's so many guys above him and a Joey Weimer and a Sal Frelick and a Garrett Mitchell who's already up. And so it's hard to find room for all of these guys at the big league level. Yeah. I mean, so the thing about Jackson and why he's being talked about in, in our, in our rankings for redraft, he's really not somebody that I'm, I'm truly even looking at. He's more of like a waiver wire. If he gets called up, I'm definitely taking the shot on him. But for, for dynasty and keeper leagues, he's somebody that, you know, you may want to have to, you're going to have to pay attention to, especially in dynasty because you're going to do your rookie drafts. So like the upside of him, like, like um, Lindsay said, is it's incredible. And I just think he's somebody that's definitely worth noting. He's going to be incredible when he finally makes that move. Yeah, I'm just going to give once again, give you guys are uh, providing excellent coverage on a lot of these players. So I'm just going to add my two cents. Uh, once again, Churio's 18 years old right now. He's a uh, six foot one, uh, 165 pounds. Uh, you know, I know Matt and I like to talk about growing into that man body. Uh, he's if he puts on another 15 pounds, uh, 20 pounds hits like you know, like 180. Uh, you know, that power grade is already pretty strong. Maybe we see a little bit more power from him. And the thing is, once again, at 18 years old, and as Lindsay mentioned, it's going to be tough for him to move up essentially to the bigs this year unless he comes and just hits like a you know, a bat on fire type of ordeal for him to get over guys like Frelick and Mitchell and everybody. There's a lot of guys crowding up that, um, you know, system over there. I not me personally. I don't think he gets the call this year. So it's going to be tough and redraft to, you know, put a lot of stock into him, but uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see as it goes. Maybe he comes in and lights up spring training and that changes everything. Keep it so, on your watch list. 
Yeah, definitely. That's definitely the move is to put him on your watch list now and just keep that eye on him. And, of course, guys, we'll keep you updated over here on Locked on Fantasy Baseball. So uh, next up, we got uh, a, a hometown guy for, you know, me and Matt formerly. Matt, you can still consider him a hometown guy. You know, we still we still have love for you over here in New York. You know that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's Anthony Volpe. So, Matt, uh, you want to take the lead on Volpe? Yeah, sure. Go for it, brother. <laughs> so my guy here is like Mr. Steer Girl with the stolen bases because <laughs> – he stole 50 bases between two levels last year, and it's just outrageous. I mean, the kid's great. And 511 at-bats last year, he had 86 runs, 35 doubles. God, I hate fantasy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not baseball reference. It always moving on me. 35 doubles, five triples, 21 home runs, 65 stolen bases, batted 249. I think that, honestly, the 249 is kind of, kind of like a little low. I think it was a career low for him because – Year before that, he hit 302. Year before that, he hit, um, I'm sorry, yeah, he hit 302 at uh, A, A plus, 391, and then A and A plus, 423. I mean, I don't see him do 423, but I think it'll be like a 270, 280 hitter, get on base. That Yankee lineup needs somebody, and he's going to be hitting in front of Judge, hopefully, and he's going to be driven home all day and be able to stay at bases. We'll see what happens. Yeah. On the note of the the line being uh, low, he started slow last year in in Double A Somerset. From May first to the end of the season, his slash line is two sixty eight, three fifty six, four ninety three. A little more indicative of the talent level of an Anthony Volpe. The the question you're going to have when it comes to play time in New York is he's probably seen as a, as a second baseman versus a shortstop. He is. They, they graduated Oswaldo Cabrera, but Cabrera is a better shortstop than him who can play anywhere in the diamond. And then Oswald Peraza is was up in the year last year. Should have started playoff games over IKF. Yeah. Let's not oh, do that whole day. thing right oh, now. Yep. Yeah, Lindsay. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, oh, don't, get, don't get me started yeah. on that. Don't get yeah. me started. But the thought process is that um, Peraza is going to be the shortstop. Volpe is going to be the second baseman. So does that hurt a little bit as far as uh, you know the position and what kind of pool is there? Probably. But situation where he's going to be very good. He's the one struggle that he still has to figure out and why I don't think you'll see him to start the season is he still struggles against spin from righties. Small thing he's got to work on. I expect him to be in Scranton Wilkes bar for a couple weeks, figure that out. I could see a call up being, you know, May, early May coming up, especially if you have injuries in the middle infield there in New York. And there's a lot of options right now on the big league roster. So probably take some injuries and him fixing that spin. And then he's up, and he's going to stick around for a while with plus speed, plus hit tool. Yeah, um, I just want to chime in. I, you know, Lindsay was talking about, uh, you know, Scranton. So last year at Scranton AAA, you know, is where Volpe, you know, staggered a little bit. You know, it was kind of where that uh, batting average uh, struggle came from. He had 236, but it was a small sample size, again, over 22 games. And I think the Yankees personally might let him sit and let's see how he does at the beginning of the year in the minors, especially, you know, Lindsay was talking about, we have DJ LeMahieu, Torres, uh, IKF, um, just so many guys there clogging up that, you know, and then even per- Oswald Peraza is just clogging up that, you know, middle infield area. So where exactly is Volpe going to play? Uh, it's just for me, I, I do have him as, you know, where, let me check again where I do have him. I have Volpe as my, I think I have him at my number seven fantasy prospect for this upcoming season. So, you know, there is a lot of upside there, as we mentioned. So, uh, once again, just a guy to throw on your watch list for now. I don't think I'm drafting him unless, you know, they come out in spring training and they say he has a job or anything like that. But uh, we'll see. 
So I think we're up to our last one here, fellas. You know, let's uh let's finish strong here. And this is actually somebody that I'm I'm super high on, and it's Yuri Perez of the Miami Marlins. And the thing with Yuri is, uh, you know, as we mentioned with some of these guys, he's a big guy and he throws that ball hard. I believe his fastball tops out around 100 miles an hour, and his other pitches aren't that shabby either. He's got a plus slider, a plus changeup, and even the curveball is plus at a 55 grade. Uh, you know, Yuri Perez is 19 years old. He's 6'8", big, big, big boy, and uh, 220 pounds. So he's that man body is there. Uh, I think he's going to show out this year, especially if he's learning from a guy like Sandy Alcantara. And, I mean, that's, you know, what more can you ask for? So last year, Mr. Yuri Perez uh, had three wins, three losses across two levels, 18 starts, 77 innings, 110 strikeouts, and a 114 whip. So, you know, he does have to work on that control a little bit, you know, because uh, as Lindsay said earlier, transitioning from the minors to the majors is a very tough thing for a starting pitcher. But with that being said, I have, uh, you know, Yuri Perez as my number six overall prospect this year. I do have him behind uh, Grayson and Andrew Painter, though, so he would be my number three starting pitcher for fantasy purposes. I also had him as the number three pitcher. Like you said, every pitch, all four pitches that he throws are are plus or better. It's something he, he actually added that slider last year to give him another weapon against righties. I think of all of them, the curveball is probably the one that needs the most work. But he did have a, a strained lap muscle last year. He really got into a groove. May and June, ERA in both months was under 250. So he came back at the very end of the season. But I think it's something if he's healthy, again, because it's Miami, you're probably going to see them wait until after the Super 2 deadline. But you typically need around 10 or 11 starting pitchers to get through a season as a major league team. So there's going to be opportunities for him to take the ball every fifth day. And with that size that he has, the fastball is very, very effective up in the zone. And that's where baseball is gravitating to is elevated fastballs. And his is absolutely a weapon as well as the changeup works really well against lefties. So you don't have weird platoon splits either. You're comfortable with him in every matchup every fifth day for as long as he can work under the pitch limits you give him. Similar to Painter, he hasn't really gone over much more than 100 innings in any minor league season. Right. Now, I have a question for you, Lindsay. Do okay. you think he comes up this year? Because from what I'm seeing, he struggled when he did get the call up to double A this year. He had a 408 ERA. Now, do you think that they're going to promote him right off the bat, or is he going to be like more a Super 2 or maybe a cup of coffee? I'm thinking probably uh, Super 2 at best. It's something where because of the strained lat and everything, I think that kind of throws off the stats a little bit, but you're going to be able to use that as an excuse Miami's not continuing this year, and they know that. And so I think part of that is they're going to wait and guarantee an extra year of control and then call him up. It's a scenario where you don't want to waste the entire season with him in the minors, uh, but you're not going to be able to get him up early enough to contend for rookie of the year. So there's no point in trying to rush it. You might as well wait. I'd expect him to, honestly, it might be something closer to the All-Star break before you finally see him. I do think you'll see him this year uh, because there's just not much for him to work on since he added that slider. He doesn't have the platoon issues anymore. Uh, it's just a matter of staying healthy and polished on everything. Yeah, that's how I feel. I haven't projected maybe even to come up next year, not even this year. It just all depends on how, like you said, the Marlins want to play it out. Um, again, this is more of a dynasty take than it is a redraft or anything else. You know, this is once we start getting lower into the rankings, more of these guys are going to be more and more like dynasty relevant than anything else. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna once again, I'm just gonna chime back in. I'm a I'm a big Gary Perez guy, and I think the real thing is here. Well, first of all, 
the Marlins have been great with starting pitching, you know, young guys over the past few years. Look at uh, they fixed Jesus Lazardo. Uh, we we love Eddie Cabrera over here. We've been ranting about Eddie Cabrera for you know since the since the offseason started. And even you know Tre- Trevor Rogers, he was you know struggled for most part last year, but when he came back after the injury, he was you know absolutely lights out. And my, what I'm looking at here is we have 37 year old Johnny Cueto. How long does he last? How long is it before Johnny Cueto decides you know hey? Listen, I'm 37, guys. I'm getting a little tired. Maybe an injury pops up or anything like that. And, you know, like we said, what is Miami contending for? Why not just bring the guys up and see what we have, throw throw everything, you know, at the table and see what sticks. But, um, you know, guys, I think that's an absolutely excellent episode. And, you know, we we had a great time here. We hope you did too listening. And uh, so that's all for today. Be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review. And also check out our website if you haven't already. Matt and I have our rankings up there. You can find out about us. Every single episode is listed there. Uh, Be sure to look out for that new episode tomorrow where we finish this up and we talk about our 11 through 20 top prospects for the 2023 fantasy baseball season. And thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. And you need to make Lindsay's podcast your second listen every single day. Once again, that is Locked on MLB Prospects. If you didn't already enjoy everything he did here, which I know I certainly did, I hope uh, you know you guys did, uh, go go check out the podcast. It's fantastic. I listen every single day, and uh, I get gain a lot of knowledge from Lindsay. But um, guys, uh, until tomorrow. Peace. See you.